Hey everyone, it's Jeannie, the Pistol Packing Mountain Mama Health Nut. Welcome to Throw Out the Trash. I hope this episode will take your mind off of whatever you're facing today. I hope you find it helpful, and most of all, I hope it makes you smile. And remember to hit the follow button so you don't miss an episode. You can find my website and email in the show notes. I'd love to hear from you. My podcast is sponsored by a company called 3 International. It's a new proactive wellness company that has six high-quality nutritional products that come from Whole Foods. And you can't match the bioavailability and how well they work at the cellular level. I personally use them, and I will tell you that they are the first supplements that actually make me feel better. And I know I'm getting the nutrients my body needs. One of the products I love is called Eternel. It's an antioxidant superfood blend. What it does, it protects and supports cells from damage and premature aging caused by free radicals, promotes cellular health and longevity, works to neutralize free radicals, delivers powerful phytonutrients to protect against UV damage. Some of the key ingredients is resveratrol, glutathione, marine collagen, superfruits like acai, pomegranate, mangosteen, goju berry, and CoQ10, which your body actually produces less of as you age. All of these products are listed in the PDR or Physician's Desk Reference, and you can find that at www.pdr.net. And you can also check out these products on my website, genieolson.iii.earth. Okay, today's episode, Non-Dairy Milk Substitutes. But before I start this episode, I wanted to tell you that I tried that green stevia herb that I mentioned um, in the previous episode about the good and the bad about stevia. It's a very fine green powder and actually tastes pleasant. It does have like a taste like a plant taste. So if you've ever added powder to your protein drink to, to get more greens in, it tastes like that. It doesn't dissolve very good in some things. You know, like when I added it in my hot tea, I kept having to stir it, but it did sweeten it. So overall, I feel better using it, and I know it's more healthy for me. And the taste isn't bad either. Okay, so what about non-dairy milk substitutes? I had a listener ask me about these, and I'm so glad she did, because I love getting emails or comments asking me to research topics. This one is important to me because I use them a lot, and I'll research any health topic that interests you. Just leave the topic you'd like to know more about, your first name, and even add what state or country you live in, I'd love to know. You are why I do this, and I appreciate your support more than you know. Well, okay, so I didn't realize just how many non-dairy milk options there are. I was familiar with almond, soy, rice, coconut, cashew, and oat milk. I did not realize that you could also purchase pea milk, and that sounds funny. It's pea protein, by the way, and it comes from yellow peas, not green. You can also get flaxseed, avocado, chia, hemp, quinoa, pistachio, walnut, and banana milk. The banana milk actually sounds yummy. Sounds like you can make your own kind of non-dairy milk from just about anything. Well, so how are they made? They're made by soaking the product, like oats, in water and then blending them and then straining it to get the milk. Unfortunately, some that you purchase have added sugars, fillers, emulsifiers, and other added ingredients but more on that in just a few minutes. Non-dairy options are expected to be a $35 billion industry by the year 2026. So why is there such a huge demand? There has been an increase in interest for these products since about 2012, 
And people have different reasons for not wanting to use cow milk or goat milk to get the calcium and vitamin they need. And some of the reasons are, well, maybe they're vegan or they're lactose intolerant. They don't like the taste of it. They're concerned about animal practices in the dairy industry. Or if you're like me, you supposedly have a dairy allergy. And I haven't used dairy products for quite a while now because I was told by my doctor that I may have an allergy. And I was advised to cut out all dairy and see if I felt better, which I did for the most part. I was experiencing itchy skin on both sides of my body, and that is a really good sign of a food allergy. And I had tightness in my throat, and I just couldn't seem to digest it very well. And I have since learned that a leaky gut was part of the problem, and after several allergy tests, I determined I had other food allergies as well. And I may try dairy again in the near future, after I know my gut's healed and I get brave enough to try it. (laughs) So for right now, I'm interested in dairy alternatives, but I also want them to be healthy. Each brand that you purchase in the store makes it a little different, and you have to be careful and read the labels. What could be added to the milks, and why would they want to add anything anyway? Ingredients are sometimes added to make them taste sweeter, like sugar, or to make them creamier or to have a longer shelf life. So what are some of the things to watch out for? Well, we already know added sugar, and we know sugar isn't good for you, but what else? How about emulsifiers? Emulsifiers are substances that help two or more liquids mix together when they wouldn't otherwise. For example, water and oil won't mix, so you add an emulsifier that helps them. Most are made from plant and animal sources, but there are synthetic ones as well. Emulsifiers are what gives the food a smooth, creamy texture and increases shelf life, like up to at least a month or more. The plant sources are soy lecithin, locust bean gum, carrageenan, pectin, and starch. And animal sources include crustacean shells and microorganisms. And of course, the synthetic ones may have some health effects. A study done in uh, 2021 says that they may be bad for your gut microbiome because they cause intestinal inflammation. Another study in 2017 says synthetic emulsifiers may increase the risk of Crohn's disease, ulcerative colitis, type 2 diabetes, cardiovascular and liver disease. It's probably a good idea to stay away from synthetic ones until more research is conducted. The FDA approves the use of natural emulsifiers, but others say they're not good either. Okay, so for example, carrageenan that I mentioned earlier has a controversial reputation, even though it's considered natural. And at first it seems like it's safe because it's derived from red seaweed. But when it's processed in an alkali solution, it turns into polygenin, which is known to cause inflammation and digestive problems. Basically, its chemistry is altered, turning it into a highly processed synthetic ingredient. And interestingly enough... Once again, the FDA approved carrageenan for use in foods in 1961, well before the publication of large amounts of research showing adverse human health effects. Some companies will list this product on labels as Irish moss, sea moss, red algae, and seaweed extract to hide the fact that it has this product in it. However, true natural seaweed and algae are nothing like carrageenan, and unfortunately, it doesn't have to be listed on the label of some products like beer or wine. And I, you know, I really wonder how many ingredients aren't listed on many products that should be. 
Okay, what should you look for to find a healthy milk substitute? Okay, so look for a nutritional profile that's similar to milk, one that has similar protein and carbohydrate amounts. Choose unflavored and unsweetened options. And if you can, avoid any additives or added sugar, which means you need to read the nutritional label. And besides carrageenan, there's gallon gum and guar gum are additives, and they're used as thickening agents. And I see guar gum a lot in different products. So I decided to investigate the unsweetened oat milk that I use from Chobani. Now the ingredients listed on the label is oat blend of water whole grain oats, contains 2% or less of rapeseed oil, what the heck's that, sea salt, natural flavors, vitamin A palmitate, vitamin D2 from yeast extract, calcium carbonate, gallon gum, dipotassium phosphate. So to make it short, I'll give you a few brief details. It turns out that rapeseed oil is actually called canola oil in the United States. And there are some issues with canola oil, but I will talk about that in a later episode. Vitamin A palmitate is good unless you consume too much, and then it can be stored in your liver. The vitamin D2 is good. Calcium carbonate is good. The gallon gum may alter healthy levels of intestinal bacteria. And here I am trying to heal my gut and can cause digestive issues. Dipotassium phosphate is basically salt, and it's used in a lot of foods, but also used as a fertilizer. Now that doesn't mean it's bad, it just has several uses. So two of the ingredients in the oat milk that I purchased are not considered good. Now I'm sure there are better ones than this one to choose from, and I'm not trying to single out Chobani you know, out as being a bad product. I'm just trying to show you how to dissect and research the label so you can make an informed decision. Decided to try and make my own oat milk. So I soaked two cups of old-fashioned oats in three cups of water overnight. And then the next morning, I rinsed the oats off and put them in a blender. I added six cups of water and blended it for one minute. I then placed a linen towel, but I think cheesecloth might work better, in a strainer and placed it in a large bowl and set it in the fridge for a couple of hours. The milk really didn't strain through very well, and the idea is that it will strain through with gravity. But it didn't strain through very well, so I ended up helping it out by squeezing the towel. Once I got it all squeezed out, I added a half a teaspoon of salt to the milk, and voila, oat milk. And it made about a quart, and it is naturally creamy and tastes just like you would buy in the store. Does it take some time? Yes, (laughs) which always isn't convenient. But I know I'm drinking something more healthy, and I like to use it in my protein drinks. But just a side note, if you're going to use non-dairy milk, you may want to supplement like with calcium and vitamin D if you're looking to get those two um, ingredients in the. The bottom line is, if you can make it yourself, you're much better off. You know, if you don't have time for that or simply don't want to, then check the labels carefully and know what you're putting into your body. Okay, I hope you found this helpful. And as always, everything in moderation. You can find the articles I used for my research in the show notes below if you want to read them for yourself. Now, what could possibly go wrong living off-grid in the Rocky Mountains of East Idaho? Well, frozen water, again, and COVID, of course. Keep listening as I share the story of how we managed to get through this trying time. Now on to Mountain Adventures.
before I start, I always want to share that it hasn't been easy living off-grid in the mountains. And what has seen us through time and time again is relying on Jesus Christ, seeking his guidance and strength in all that we do. And I encourage you to do the same. Now about that frozen water, again, not once, but twice. This is the second story. And if you haven't listened to my first frozen water episode titled Stevia, The Good and the Bad and Frozen Water in the Rocky Mountains, I encourage you to give it a listen. And in that episode, I explain how we get our water from a natural underground spring and get it to our house two miles away by shanking a one and a half inch pipe under the ground. Okay, so this second time around, it was the first week of December 2019, and COVID-19 was just making its way to the U.S. The buzz was all around on every news channel. My husband Nick and I weren't too worried. We really don't see a lot of people living in the mountains, especially in the winter. We were being careful and taking precautions, but somehow we both ended up getting it. So that meant two weeks of quarantine. Now, Nick's symptoms were milder, but still not good. And as for me, it went into my lungs, and I ended up in the emergency room. But luckily, they didn't keep me, and I was sent home to recuperate. No big deal for us. We've been snowed in for two weeks before during the winter. So hunkering down by the fire and resting was easy and much needed after the busy summer and fall. Nick still had to go feed the cows every morning, but he'd be able to rest after that. Well, that was our plan anyway. So our daughter-in-law, Stephanie, went grocery shopping for us and sent the food up to our house with our son Ryan, granddaughter Jaden, and grandson Riker. So we had enough food and a warm house to get better. And as far as the snow goes, we didn't have a lot that had fallen, but it was unusually cold. It was below zero temperatures every day, starting in November. And because of the busy, busy summer and fall, we hadn't noticed a bucket that fits over the water inlet into the cow's water trough. It slipped down, stopping the water from filling the trough. Now, this bucket usually doesn't fit tight, but keeps birds and debris from getting into the pipe. And it also ensures that the water keeps moving, filling the trough and not freezing. We hadn't checked it since sometime in the spring because the cows were still drinking water out of the creek. Now, I say creek... Most people say creek, but in Idaho we say creek, so that's what I'm going to say in the story. But anyway, unbeknownst to us, our water supply was freezing and freezing good. So here we are, both sick, and we wake up one morning to no water. We couldn't believe it. Here we go again. Where to find the frozen sections, that was the problem. So Nick went and rented a small track hoe. And we first had to get the track hole to the head of the spring. We had maybe 8 to 10 inches of snow now, so we could still drive our Jeeps wherever we wanted. Nick hated to ask me since I was sick, but he needed someone to follow him, so we had to ride back to the house after getting the track hole where he wanted it. It was only going to about, you know, take an hour after all. (laughs) So I agreed and followed him. When he got to the place where you have to cross the creek, the ground was not level, and because of the ice and snow... He slid right into the creek. It was like a six-foot drop-off, and I just knew he was going to tip over. But thankfully he didn't. Thank goodness. We then spent the next two hours trying to get the track hoe out, but it was no use. We needed to go get the tractor and pull it out. But it was getting late and dark, so we just headed back to the house. The next morning, Ryan came up with containers of water and to help Nick. And I was so thankful for that because I had no energy at all to help. 
Now, Nick is a tough cowboy because even though he was sick, he spent the next several weeks trying to get us water. So the containers of water were used for drinking, washing dishes, and bathing. And when I say bathing, I mean using buckets of hot water that we heated up on our stove. Now, I required three gallons of hot water. And now Nick would pack these buckets upstairs to our walk-in shower, and then I would use them to bathe. And then he would heat more buckets of water for himself to use. And he only required one and a half gallons. That's not enough. <laughs> we did make several trips to Ryan and Stephanie's to shower, and it was wonderful. I looked forward to a nice, long, hot shower. Ryan and Nick started digging a new trench for the new water line, starting at the head of the spring. Passing day, the frost was going into the ground farther, which made the digging harder, and the water line was freezing more. After digging all day, they had went about a quarter of a mile. The next day, Nick, our son Jason, and two of his buddies, Ben and Jay, came and spent the entire day laying a new one-and-a-half-inch pipe down in the trench. They were all completely covered with mud by the time they were done. Now, thanks to technology, they were able to wrap the pipe with a special wire. Now, I'm, I'm sure I'm not explaining it right, but this wire, when you hook a machine up to it, it will be able to track the pipe for you and tell you how deep it is and where it's at. How cool is that? Wish we would have had that in 2007. So as they laid the new pipe down, the trench was backfilled. And of course, there were trees that had fallen in the way, so Ryan and Riker came up and cut the trees up and hauled it back to our house in a trailer behind their side-by-side, -side, and that was so we could use it for firewood. Riker reminded me that while they were on their way to up to cut the trees, Nick had asked them to bring a couple of containers of diesel fuel with them for the track hole, and somehow one of the fuel containers fell out of the trailer and spilled everywhere, and that was unfortunate. The fact that they were a couple of miles away from the house on an icy, bumpy, narrow road didn't help. Well, after several days, Nick's brother Rod came up to help run the track hoe. At this point, it was just Nick and Rod because everyone else had to go back to their jobs or had other things they needed to do. Now, Nick and Rod kept digging a new trench alongside the old pipe, but chose places easier to dig since the frost was getting worse. They went about another quarter of a mile, and then they just couldn't dig anymore. So they had yet another plan. A longtime family friend, John, and his son, Caleb, came and helped Nick put about a foot of straw on top of the ground. They then laid more new pipe on it and covered that with more straw and plastic. And then it snowed about a foot or so, and that gave it even more insulation. And they did this for the next thousand feet. This last stretch of pipe brought it up to the spot where they knew the pipe had been placed deeper in the ground and it wasn't frozen. So after this was completed, Nick came in the house one evening and turned on the faucet. He told me we should have water in a couple of hours. So, we waited, and waited, and nothing, nada, no water. This meant a shower with the buckets again. I will say I was just thankful I could bathe, but when you're sick is not very fun, and I was disappointed. So, more digging commenced the next day to find more frozen spots. One thing we could always count on was seeing Rod pull up to the house every morning at the same time in his pickup with his thermos of coffee, ready to help. I never heard him complain once. So the new plan, Plan C, <laughs> was to dig in a small area until they found the pipe and then use an air compressor to blow the ice farther up the line. But what would happen is the ice would move so far and then get stuck. But they had no clue where that was, so they abandoned the air compressor 
I started using a 100-foot stiff wire to push through the hose until they found a frozen spot, and then they would go dig at that spot. By this time, it had been a couple of weeks, and usually around this time in December, Nick and I, and if any of the kids are around, we go out on our property and cut down a Christmas tree. It's a fun time, and the forest is extremely quiet with the insulation of snow, and it's also just beautiful. Well, Nick was busy trying to get us water, so I came to the conclusion that it was up to me to get a tree if I wanted one. I didn't know how to use the chainsaw, and I really didn't want to learn, so I set out all bundled up in my snow clothes with the handsaw and my gun. And I couldn't go too far because I didn't have much strength yet, but I ended up walking up the logging road just a little ways from our house, and then I trudged through the snow into the Douglas fir trees and aspen trees. It had just snowed the night before, so the trees were all draped in fresh white snow, and it was so quiet and peaceful. That's when the branches of a pine tree started shaking. Yep, shaking. I stopped dead in my tracks. The next thing I know, a rough grouse bird had completely uncovered itself of snow. I guess it had just woke up. I was relieved, to say the least. The grouse never moved. She just sat there and watched me as I cut down the scrawniest, skinniest tree that I could carry back to the house. It was the worst tree we had ever had. But hey, at least I had my Christmas tree. So back to the water. Finally, after six weeks, I had water in my house again. I remember taking a picture of the water coming out of my shower head. There wasn't a lot of pressure, but I had water. I sent the pic to my daughter-in-law, Megan, and she couldn't figure out why I was sending a random pic of a shower head with running water. <laughs> but she had no idea what we had been going through the last month and a half. We still didn't have water to go into the holding tank or to fill the cow's water trough, so they drank out of the creek all winter long. Nick had to break the ice once in a while, but at least they had water. Nick and I dug the last remaining trench from the holding tank to the water trough. It was January by this time, and I remember walking ahead of Nick across the pasture. He was in the track hole, and I was looking for places I thought the pipe might be buried, and a heavy fog rolled in so thick that I couldn't see where Nick was at at all. I know he was at least 50 yards away from me, but it was so weird, but, and I wasn't scared at all. But the coolest thing happened. In the sarvisberry bushes, maybe 20 yards away from me, it could have been closer because I couldn't see a thing, but I could hear some elk talking to each other. It was like a gentle chirping noise, which told me the elk weren't alarmed in any way. They were just happy and probably grazing in the bushes. Well, spring finally came, and the rest of the pipe was buried, and the line going over to the water trough from the holding tank was replaced in a deeper trench. And we haven't had any more water problems until just before this recording. Oh, great. But I will share that story another time. So remember this. When you've done everything you can do, that's when God will step in and do what you can't. He loves you. Go get your dreams. If not now, when? See you next time. Thank you.